Hello and welcome to the inaugural edition of the FCG MCC Monthly Podcast. I'm your host, Nicholas Hickman, the Chief Operations Officer for the Fisher Consulting Group. Each month, beginning with this episode, we will bring you the latest news and updates affecting federally qualified health center operations, covering a range of topics from operations and billing to clinical quality and regulatory updates. We will also discuss additional funding opportunities and programs available to health centers through grants and other initiatives, along with tips and tricks for optimizing your health center. First, I would like to start with a little bit about our organizations for those of you who may be unfamiliar with us, the Fisher Consulting Group and our sister company, MedClaim Comprehensive, which we refer to as FCG and MCC, respectively. The Fisher Consulting Group was founded in 1997 by Mr. Randolph Fisher with the mission to provide affordable expertise to federally qualified health centers that provide care to our nation's medically underserved communities. The Fisher Consulting Group has extensive experience with solutions that help FQHCs survive and thrive in a constantly changing healthcare environment. Our staff have been employed at FQHC locations across the Southeast and bring experience from the electronic health record vendor level. At FCG, we focus on delivering best practices and total solutions to our clients and partners through a range of clinical, systems, billing, and executive consulting services. FCG partners with health centers to become an extension of the health center team, filling in gaps and assisting with operational inefficiencies by working with all members of the health center team, streamlining operations and workflows that provide improved quality outcomes and efficiencies for patients and staff alike. The FCG staff are well-versed in a variety of electronic health record platforms, enabling us to provide system agnostic services to our clients. Our services can be individually tailored to assist strategic and operational efficiency planning so that you can use technology to your advantage and simplify the complex. A complete list of our service offerings can be found on the FQHC Services tab of our website located at www.fcg-health.com. As part of being a client of FCG, your health center will receive a complimentary system analysis outlining recommendations for optimizing your EHR system as well as other best practices. Recently, the Fisher Consulting Group expanded its operations to meet the growing needs of health centers across the country by establishing MedClaim Comprehensive, a full-service FQHC-centric billing company. The MedClaim teams are led by AAPC certified billing directors who have on average 20-plus years of experience adding a significant service to help health centers deal with the intricacies of billing in today's ever-changing healthcare payment landscape. MedClaim partners with clinic staff to meet state and local billing demands by offering highly skilled and dedicated client support, resulting in higher collection ratios, increased cash flow, faster claim payment of new claims, faster updates to regulations and payer demands, and a cleaner accounts receivable. More information about MedClaim Comprehensive can be found at www.medclaimcomprehensive.com. You may also contact either organization through our website or by calling us at one 866 216-0215. All right, so now that we have discussed a little bit about our organizations, the Fisher Consulting Group and MedClaim Comprehensive, let's discuss our podcast format and what you can expect from our audio updates. Our podcast audio updates will be delivered monthly with special editions being released for hot topics affecting health centers across the country. The podcast and audio recordings will primarily take the format of an audio newsletter, but will occasionally be interview-based with members of our staff and clients joining me. The recordings will last on average 30 minutes and will provide a high-level overview of operational, billing, clinical, and funding updates, and will also cover topics such as compliance and tips and tricks to optimize your EHR. The recordings will be posted to our website and will also be delivered through our listserv. To sign up for monthly updates, you may visit our website and submit your information through our contact form or contact us by phone at 1-866-216-0215. 
216-202-0215. Okay, let's go ahead and dive into our audio updates. So the first few updates will be related to operations and policy updates. And the first thing is on August 9th, 2023, HRSA awarded $30 million to 151 HRSA-funded health centers to improve developmental outcomes among children aged 0 through 5 through increased screening and follow-up services. The Early Childhood Development, or ECD, funding aims to support health centers by helping increase the number of children aged 0 to 5 who receive recommended developmental screenings, and when an area of concern is identified through one of these developmental screenings, they help increase the number of children and families with access to appropriate follow-up services. Secondly, for those of you that perform substance abuse and mental health counseling, uh, the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration, or SAMHSA, announced back in January that clinicians no longer need a federal waiver to prescribe buprenorphine for treatment of opioid use disorder. As part of this ongoing effort, providers will still be required to register with the DEA to prescribe controlled substances. New and renewing applicants for this program who complete applications with the DEA on or after June 27, 2023, must affirm that they have completed a new one-time eight-hour training with exceptions made for those providers who are board certified in addiction medicine or addiction psychiatry, and any provider who graduated from a medical, dental, physician assistant, or advanced practice nursing school in the United States. Rural health clinics still have the opportunity to apply for a $3,000 payment on behalf of each provider who trained between the dates of January 1, 2019 and December 29, 2022, when Congress eliminated the waiver requirement. There is approximately $889,000 still available in program funding for rural health centers and will be paid on a first-come, first-served basis until these funds are exhausted. Check back each month for updates from our podcast where we will identify additional funding opportunities for health centers across the country. As always, if you are in need of grant application assistance or reporting assistance for any current grants that you are participating in, you may contact us for assistance through our website or by reaching out to us by telephone. Moving into our billing updates for this month, CMS has released the ICD changes for the fall, beginning October 1, 2023. These changes released include 395 new codes, 25 deletions, and 13 revisions. Of the 395 new codes, social determinants of health will be addressed with 30 new diagnosis codes that take factors such as influencing health status and patient contact with health services into consideration. The new code set provides new guidance for coding various risk factors of HIV, as well as changes related to the patient's social history and military service backgrounds. Additionally, new codes for gender identity disorders and Parkinson's disease have been added. The 2024 ICD-10 codes will go into effect in October and will be in effect for discharges and patient encounters occurring between October 1st, 2023 and September 30th, 2024. In order to ensure that these codes have been updated appropriately within your electronic health record, you'll need to ensure that the appropriate ICD-10 set has been loaded within your system for utilization by providers and staff. If your health center needs guidance related to updating your electronic health record system, you may contact a member of the FCG staff to assist. All right, moving on to a clinical quality and regulatory update. So the big story with health centers is reporting for UDS, and we know that each year that that is a major challenge. This year, in June, HRSA released the updated UDS manual for reporting year 2023. The updates are effective beginning January 1st of this year for data captured during the entire calendar year from January 1st through December 31st, 2023. The 2023 UDS reports are due February 15th, 2024 and must be submitted through the electronic handbooks or EHBs. 
Now, there are some notable updates to the 2023 UDS reporting requirements, which I'm going to cover now at a high level. The updates to Table 6A, Selected Diagnosis and Services, include diagnosis codes that should be included from the patient record for this particular section of the UDS report, which have been updated to include additional codes as well as to clarify existing code lists. These changes are updated as of April 2023 and may be updated later this year to capture critical updates made after this particular date. It is important to verify with your population health vendor or EMR vendor that the appropriate code changes have been made within your reporting tools to accurately reflect these new requirements. We here at FCG recommend that you begin pulling your preliminary data for all of your UDS reports before the end of the year to verify that your data is pulling properly and to allow for time to adjust any workflows that may be affected by this and any other changes to the UDS reporting requirements. For your changes for Table 6B, your clinical quality measures are now aligned with the latest ECQM versions posted by the measure steward. Changes have also been made to the clinical quality measure denominator definitions. In the past years, quality measure reporting for UDS has defined the denominator patient as a patient who has had at least one medical visit during the measurement period as specified in the measure requirements. With the latest update to the reporting requirements and also to more closely align with requirements by the measure steward, a denominator patient is now defined as a patient who has had at least one eligible, countable visit during the reporting period. Patient age requirements for several of the UDS ECQMs have also been updated to align with the ECQM steward language. The requirements for the BMI screening and follow-up measure on Table 6B numerator have also changed for 2023 reporting period to allow for any patient to be included in the denominator who have had a follow-up plan documented during the measurement period rather than on or after the most recently documented BMI as it was in years past. Now this is a welcome change. I know a lot of health centers have struggled with this particular measure, particularly if you have to go back and do audits and things of that nature. The tobacco screening and cessation measure now also includes patients in the numerator who identify as a tobacco user and who have had a tobacco cessation intervention performed during the measurement period or the prior six months. The colorectal cancer screening measure denominator requirements have changed from patients aged 50 to 75 years of age to now include patients who are 45 to 75 years of age. Providers now also have up to two additional days to complete a follow-up plan for patients who have had a positive depression screening. The measure for statin therapy has been modified to now include all patients with an active diagnosis of ASCVD or who have ever had an ASCVD procedure or who are 20 years or older who have ever had an LDL greater than 190 or who have had an active diagnosis of familiar hypercholesterolemia or any patient who is aged 40 to 75 years of age with a diagnosis of diabetes. For your weight assessment and counseling for nutrition and physical activity for children and adolescents, this measure has been modified with new denominator requirements to include patients 3 to 17 years of age, previously 16 years of age, with at least one medical visit by the end of the measurement period. Now there are some new reporting requirements that have been introduced to UDS this year that we've not had before. Tables 3B and 7 have been updated to capture subcategories for Asian and other Pacific Islander, as well as subcategories for ethnicity for Hispanic, Latino, or Spanish origin. Table 5 has been updated to now include FTEs for pharmacists, clinical pharmacists, pharmacist technicians, and other pharmacy personnel. It's important to remember that pharmacy personnel are still not considered providers on the UDS table and cannot generate UDS countable visits. 
Table 6A now includes a new line, which is 26E, to capture and report childhood development screenings and evaluations. And lastly, Table 9E has been modified to capture expanding COVID-19 vaccinations, which is line 1P, and other COVID-19 related funding from BPHC previously reported on line 1P is now reported on line 1P2. It's important to remember to check your preliminary reports, as I mentioned earlier. Check those early and often throughout the year to work through any discrepancies noted. UDS tables are all interrelated, and working through data issues early on prevents avoidable UDS edits when your reports are submitted. You may contact FCG by telephone or through our contact form on our website for additional information and assistance with working through your UDS reporting requirements. We can assist you with troubleshooting, data mapping, and validation, as well as strategies to improve patient quality outcomes through the use of your UDS data. In keeping with the theme of using your UDS data to improve patient quality outcomes, I wanted to take a moment of the recording for a service spotlight to highlight a service offered by FCG that has shown proven results for our clients who utilize it when executing their clinical quality plan. As you're aware, as a HRSA-funded health center, you must establish a quality improvement and assurance plan that is periodically reviewed as a requirement of participating in the health center program. The Fisher Consulting Group can assist you in developing dashboards for both financial and clinical quality metrics for board presentations to help maintain compliance with this requirement of the program. The FCG team has experience in developing and extracting data in a variety of formats to aid your health center's compliance with the health center program requirements and can provide dashboards to your health center on a monthly, quarterly, semi-annual, or annual basis. These dashboards cover a variety of topics such as financial health, provider productivity, quality improvement, and patient population management. The dashboards are often provided to our clients in a variety of formats which include a PDF board handout with graph data. As always, we at FCG provide the raw supporting data and any documentation for analytics projects that we perform on behalf of our client. As we reach the end of our time together, I want to mention an upcoming event in which FCG and our colleagues at MCC are participating in. Join us August 27th through the 29th at the Manchester Grand Hyatt in San Diego for the National Association of Community Health Centers Community Health Institute and Expo, or CHI. We will be in booth 319 and we look forward to seeing you there. As always, if you have any questions related to any of the updates outlined during this episode, please visit our website at www.fcg-health.com or contact us at 1-866-216-0215. Thank you for listening. Stay safe, and we'll talk soon.